Hey, AGs, are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. All the world's a stage, and I love to monologue. (laughs) I may always be loud, but I'm also always right. (laughs) Wait, I just have to say we're zooming in, and Davia just put his fucking phone. I thought that was a performance. You put your phone directly in front of the screen, so all I saw was the phone. And I was like, oh, this feels like a show. This feels like you're going to reveal yourself, and I'm into it. I'm sorry. It wasn't intentional. I didn't want to have to move my mouth below the microphone, so I wanted to hold the script in front of me. Oh, my God. What a podcaster. (laughs) You know, I know you know what you're doing, and I love it. I love the professional quality. I love the um, peanuts mug that you're drinking. Are you drinking coffee or tea? I'm drinking coffee, yeah. I'm on my last cup from this morning. How many have you had? Your second? This is like, it's probably like two and a half. Oh, my God. Well, this is going to be two (laughs) and a half episodes. (laughs) Sometimes the coffee hits, you know, sometimes it hits and sometimes it doesn't. So you're going to see what you're going to get. Okay, great. Well, you know, with a recommendation like that, guys, (laughs) I can't wait to see your reviews after this episode. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 252. And I am so excited to be joined by none other than OG of the AG, Damien Bellino. You know him as a comedian and co-host of the actress-centric podcast you might know her from, which just returned for its fourth 
season this week. Tell me all about what it means to have seasons for Cal <laughs> because maybe that's my new dream. Welcome back to the People's People's Couch, Damian Bellino. How are you? I am great. I'm so happy to be here. I have to say that I have been listening to Andy's oh. girls pretty regular. I mean, always regularly, but. <laughs> okay, we're going to have a conversation, pretty, okay. No, That's like, what I so sometimes up. I would like binge a bunch in one day, like on a long walk, okay. and then sometimes I would like listen every day. But I've been like, mm-hmm. because of this season of Beverly Hills, I've been obsessively listening, like as they come out, because oh. I want to talk to you about it, but like, I'm not the guest that week. So I listen <laughs> and then I like take mental notes. So for the first time ever, I took, not a lot, but I took some notes so that I wouldn't forget things because I was like, I have responses to this stuff. I want to talk about this stuff. Um, So I'm just really pleased to be here. And it's not all just Beverly Hills, but it's just been like, I've been really following your journey since Beverly Hills and Potomac started this season. I mean, first off, thank God one of us is prepared. Number one, I'm so appreciative. Number two, here's the journey and the struggle that I am on. You know, we texted before this. I was like, can we delay recording a hot second? Because I need to rewatch BH and SLC. And then you were like, okay, great. I'm going to rewatch Potomac. And then I was like, right, right, right. Potomac is a thing. Potomac is still happening. I apologize to the Potomac franchise itself. And maybe (laughs) even a little to Salt Lake. But AG is typically, you know, stream of consciousness, whatever's going on. And I can't get enough of Beverly Hills. I cannot stop talking about it i know that technically potomac is having a strong season i don't want to take that away from them and away from the show but beverly hills is like 98.6 percent of my brain right now like i don't know how else to say it except to say like i just find it so incredibly fascinating i cannot stop talking about it so i i don't disagree because like i'm very I'm very consumed by the Erica dynamics and mm. her legal woes and her response to those, the people and the folks, whether it's fans or viewers or the cast asking questions. Of course, that is what is pulling me in. But I'm also really in a way that I often feel with um, Beverly Hills where I feel a sense of like anger and like about mm. ethics. And, it's, and that's in relation to Garcelle and the way she has been gaslit by the Fox 4-5. I mean, most specifically Dorit and Lisa Rinna, but like I feel anger about that because she's not reacting the way I would react, which is to say like, look, like how, like you're gaslighting me. You posted a picture all holding your fake acrylic nails together and said like, you're united forever. And now you're going to tell me that like, I'm, uh, it's surprising that I feel left out. So that is what is like keeping me so plugged into Beverly Hills is that. Um, But I will say, that I watched Potomac this morning and I was just like, wow, this is escape escapism. And it's like, it's what Atlanta old Atlanta gave, which is like, these women are comedians. They know how to give fun shade. They know how to read and they don't hold that stuff against the other, their castmates. Whereas Beverly Hills, like Dorit and Rinna are really like digging their heels and like, Garcelle, you say one thing in your interview, but then you're our friend. And it's like, the show is about that. Like everybody is supposed to do that. And so the idea that, I think specifically a lot of white women, like New York used to be good at this too with Bethany and Carol is like being funny in a confessional. And then it's like, that's the job. So we're not going to bring up at the reunion, like you said in a confessional, like it's like, that's a joke and it's a joke and it's part of the gig. So anyway, I have a lot of emotions and it's about like 
Beverly Hills I'm like passionate about, but Potomac I was like, this is fun. And they like know how to do the job and they're good at it. Okay, several thoughts. Number Sorry. one, I was, to, never apologize. I was just rewatching some random New York because I was like, remember when the show was a show? <laughs> and I rewatched that episode with Kristen Takeman and Bethany where they're over at like some friend's apartment sewing coasters onto jeans for the Diamonds and Dead yeah, 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 event. Yeah, yeah. And do you remember that Erica actually dragged Kristen Takeman through the absolute mud because a reporter went up to Kristen and was like, what do you think of Bethany? And she said, you know, something along the lines you of You said like, Erica, just, on, just that she's on. Oh, did I say? Oh, oh my God, what did I say? The name on everybody's lips is Erica Jane. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I cannot stop thinking about her. So, uh, uh, so a reporter went up to Kristen and said, yes, you know, I what recall. are your thoughts on Bethany? And she was like, don't judge a book by its cover. And Bethany was so, so pissed. Bethany obviously knows how press works. <laughs> and was personally offended that somebody went up to her and and asked Kristen a question. And Kristen, God forbid, answered it. And she took it as this massive insult. I mean, there are, you know, Bethany and Carol, yada, yada. But there are also moments of bullshit on other franchises utilizing the press where these women are over dramatic and making a huge deal of things, even though they obviously understand the mechanisms of press, except when they feel like it works against them. And it does feel somewhat similar to what Dorit is doing, where she is pretending. I think Dorit is genuinely offended, but she's also performing the idea of being offended and not letting the mouse go. And I think Rinna knows that she's doing and is just kind of seeking revenge but it does feel like a little bit of a it does I don't know why I just felt like there is some versions of this in other housewives history that just felt that felt totally. also dumb totally and it's rich because Bethany I think was like the most vocal mm -hmm. person maybe not always in the press but certainly in her confessionals but again I think it was to be funny and it was like that's part of the job is like we exchange like like I feel like I remember all of the women making fun of Mark Daly when they first met him. And like at the reunion, Andy was like, were you mad? And she was like, no, that's like, like none of them were like coming for him as his character. They were like, he has a nose ring, da 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 da. Like they had like mm. little jabs and like if that had happened on any other franchise, like Rinna would be like, that would be her storyline would be like, I'm holding it against Garcelle because she like made a joke about Harry Hamlin in her confessional, but won't say that to my fucking face. And it's like, okay. What do you think that Dorit is doing? I think that Dorit recognizes that maybe she doesn't, isn't offering a ton of like plot. And I think that she's identifying Garcelle and whatever she feels Garcelle is giving, um, which is maybe like that. I think that one thing that Dorit did say that I don't disagree with, I think she said it in, in the after show where she said, um, Garcelle is the kind of person who will like make jabs, but then when you call her out on it, she'll sort of be like, she'll back down immediately. And I don't disagree, but I don't, I think that's because it's not that deep for Garcelle. So Garcelle right. will be like, you talk too much. And then she'll be like, you said this. And Garcelle's like, everybody said it. Okay, I'm sorry. And she's like, well, just say what you mean. And it's like, Kathy also did the same thing. And listen, I don't want to hold this against Kathy, but I am starting to wear on the idea that Kathy, because she's rich, is untouchable. And the idea is like that she can't be involved in drama because she's so kooky. Like she also has said the exact same things about Dorit in, in that exact same scene where they were, where it was like they were rehashing Kyle and 
Dorit's drama about Dorit talking too much. And then like Garcelle was like, yeah, maybe we need a timer. And Gar and like uh, Kathy said something about like something, something long winded. And it's like, we're not seeing Dorit have any of that same energy for Kathy. And that's obviously mm -hmm. because Kathy is funny. Kathy is wealthy. Kathy is high status. And Kathy is aspirational for Dorit and she's Kyle's sister. So like, there's all of these reasons that like that Kathy is like safe from drama and it's wearing on me a bit. The untouchable idea is interesting when it comes to Kathy Hilton because it is something that you could see echoed in the Bravo sphere too. I think that people have anointed her, myself included, as yeah. this like breath of fresh air and unique character. And there is the idea that the longer Kathy stays on the show, there's the potential that people will feel a different way when she's participating more in the group dynamic. But until then, I was very pleased to see her guttural instinct Kathy's not fucking around say to Dorit like truly stop like mm -hmm. what are you doing here and yet no one else said anything people were very quiet as Garcelle says they have been you know Kyle had a certain look on her face when Rinna was saying stuff that made me feel a little uncomfortable where I felt like more of these women are agreeing with what Dorit and Rinna are saying than not, aside from Sutton and obviously Garcelle. And it led to that moment, which is like a breakthrough with an asterisk because it was both a sign of vulnerability, but one that was sort of forced upon Garcelle and... Um, not a, like a manipulated release, but, um, you're talking about her crying. Like, Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. It felt like Garcelle was pushed into a response when her just saying how she felt should have been enough, but the women seemed to want her to prove it. What was, what was your reaction to that moment? So in the moment I thought, wow, like the, like the way that everyone hugged her and like, we're like, thank you for your vulnerability. And I was like, they're like just producing, they want her mm -hmm. to break down so they can justify the ways in which they think she's quote unquote been like shady or petty. And I don't, I think Garcelle is genuine. I do, although as I'm saying this, I recognize that she is an actress, um, but I think she reads as genuine. However, um, Shamira, uh, Shamira Ibrahim, who I follow on uh, Twitter, who's a black writer and culture critic, who uh, I really like love her opinions. And she wrote something about, I don't think Garcelle really meant those tears to be honest, but I respect the move to throw the girls off the bullying track. And it made me laugh because it thought, oh. like, I thought like interesting, like if I'm, I'm accepting this as true vulnerab vulnerability and like she, also I'm accepting that maybe she broke down from the production process of like lights, camera, action. These women are just screaming at me to like explain myself. And she just like had a breakdown. Um, but I thought the idea of being a black woman in a group of mostly white women and they keep telling you like, why do you feel like you're not a part? You're not trying to make effort to be friends with us. You keep saying these things that the idea of just like being like, you know what? I'm gonna give them a show so that they fucking get off my tail um, is interesting. I don't know that I that share that opinion, but I thought it was an interesting observation. Um, and as a white person, I was like, well, I don't know what the dynamic is like to be a black person in a group of white people who are all yelling at you, like be vulnerable, tell us, stand in your truth. And it's like, okay, you know? So I thought that was an interesting um, observation. 
That's so interesting because I didn't I don't see that at all. Like I I appreciate her perspective, but I think it was I don't think it was uh, unless one thinks of it as like a guttural defense mechanism. You know how sometimes you react to things and it's technically a defense mechanism, but that doesn't make it in any way false. Like, yeah, it's like a secondary emotion. That's a reaction. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think one could maybe uh, suppose that that was Garcelle's body genuinely reacting as uh, one could possibly say a defense to the level of pressure and critique on her even in saying how she feels where these women are like oh you're not allowed to feel that way I don't I don't think that you feel that way tell me you're not you're not being honest about how you feel tell us how you feel tell us how you feel and the pressure can erupt into this moment of what these women apparently were looking for which was sadness I guess or emotion it doesn't make me think it was conscious in any way a conscious choice I think that Garcelle was exhausted by it it's a it's and it's like a little bit of a you know I do candy cry which is when I'm very angry at something (laughs) I do cry I cry out of and it seems like sadness but it's frustration I could see a sort of similar vibe here yeah, I mean, I was annoyed by the moment. Not annoyed at Garcelle. Mm. I was annoyed that the, like, hammering continued to the point where she had to cry to express what it meant to feel other. Because, again, I'm a white person. Um, mm. So the idea of being the only person of color, or I should say the only black person in a group of white women, mostly white women, is a dynamic I, I can, uh, you know, like, appreciate and try to understand, but cannot relate to. And... But I also think there's also this other layer of knowing that these four women and one woman who was fired and you were not having this like connection that they've advertised as being like thick as thieves. We have each other's back. Like they are gaslighting her, the idea that she feels other. And that is, it's, a, it's annoying to me. Like I don't have a lot of time for it because it's not, they're not being truthful. Like they're acting like they aren't all hanging out when cameras aren't rolling and making agreements about like protecting each other. So that is like why I find it so irritating because their argument is like, you're being inauthentic and you're like talking shit. And it's like, but also she's allowed to feel other. And also the viewers see that. I think someone said um, recently, I don't know if I read it or saw it in a podcast or heard it in a podcast, but they were saying that Sutton is asking all the questions that everyone is wondering about Erica's legal woes and Garcelle is verbalizing everything that the viewers are mm. seeing. And I never thought about it like that, but Garcelle's saying the stuff about the calling out the Fox Force 5 and all of that is true. It's like, that is what we've been talking about for the last three seasons since Lisa Vanderpump left. Like we've been talking about this idea that these women are united and that it is making the show boring. And so Garcelle is sort of saying that and they are re- responding by saying like, you're not making an effort to be friends with us, which, hey, listen, maybe that's true. Like she might just be like, this is my job and I don't care when Kyle's birthday is. So, but also they're allowed to use that as ammo against her. I just don't uh, think that that all equals like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know how close all of their friendships really are and how they won't, how much they will remain close come this reunion. I mean, I think the big question is what do friendships mean to these women? Like truly what, what does friendship, what do you think that friendship means to Lisa, Rinna, and Dorit? Well, I think that Dorit actually has more of a 
I think that Dorit is more interested on playing both sides so that she will win. Like, just sort of like Kyle. Um, whereas I think that Rinna is going to continue to double down on this Erica, um, like, train because she knows that even if the, like, questions of Erica, I mean, maybe maybe either way. She'll either abandon Erica because she'll realize that the fans' response has been that you're on the wrong side of history, or she's going to double down because she's going to say, like, I'm a great friend, and I want to align with the person who has the most story in the show because that will mean that I continue to, like, have camera time and I'm able to, you know, I can be her mouthpiece. I can say stuff that she can't say, and it will continue to give me life on this show. Because the thing with uh, Sutton and Garcelle is, to date, they're not as good at the show. Like, I'm concerned for the reunion because... Gar- I'm sorry, Sutton, um, but like she cries when she feels attacked. She wants to, they both want to walk away when they feel attacked. Sutton doesn't know how to read or like be shady in a funny way, really on the spot. And Garcelle, like, like Lisa Rinna's going to have receipts and like have like printouts of phone records of like, before Garcelle joined the show, I told her all this. So now for her to not, like, it's like, and Garcelle and Sutton, I don't know how, how they have that stuff yet. I mean, I hope they do because this season has been excellent, but I'm worried about like the reunion and the ways in these, which these other women housewives, you know, or housewives. But do they need to be funny? Like, do they need to know the show in that way? This is the least funny franchise of, and I mean that not as an insult, yeah, but yeah, just yeah. like these women don't necessarily have like the quickness or wit. It's a drier, slower, quieter form. And it's usually, God forbid I use the word, weaponized you know like it's not it's a different yes I don't know that it's like it's not like funny like read but I feel like it is being able to tell someone about themselves like there's so many I saw some meme because now suddenly my Instagram discovery has become like all Bravo memes and there was something about (laughs) you know like when when Erica threatened Garcelle with suing her I'm sorry when Erica threatened Sutton with suing her if Sutton had responded like who are you talking about is going to sue me the husband that is you know, has dementia, who is no longer able to like, but Sutton was like, let me get out of this because I don't want to be threatened. You know, so that's what I mean when I mean like a quickness or a wittiness. It's like they both like also Garcelle when she got called out by Dorit, which like Dorit was acting. She was like, you know, like really when she was at that uh, the lip kit thing and she called out Garcelle for like the jabs and Garcelle was like, are you serious? And Garcelle got up. It's like they both want to remove themselves when they feel like they are attacked because they're like, this is bullshit opposed to being able to think and be like quick to say like, Jerry, what the fuck are you talking about? Kathy said the same thing. Why aren't you coming for her? Is it because you want to align yourself with Kathy? Like they're not talking about the show. And I feel like that is a disservice to this season because Erica also acting like Sutton is being unreasonable or wild is unfair because Erica one is filming a reality show. So that's part one. But part two is like your life is national news. So the idea that you're filming a show and no one's going to talk about the news is unfair to your co-stars. And I think that she is scary to all of them. And I think that, uh, I don't know, I just feel like that, I wish that they had broken the fourth wall this season. I think that Sutton and Garcelle are like maybe instinctive de-escalators, if that makes any sense. Like that might be why the Garcelle, the question of is Garcelle being like passive aggressive in her responses to Jury, I, I think she instinctively doesn't necessarily want to make some stuff into a thing mm-hmm. and i think one could argue that sun is just being genuine and also terrified of how the erica stuff may you know um 
color her work for charity professionally with production whatever it is I don't think that she is in any way like manufacture I think this is all very real and, yes. and frankly a response that I would have as well but I wonder if some of that reaction stems from them not wanting to make the thing into a televised thing I don't know if that makes any sense yeah, but it is a televised thing. I think that that's like right. the state, my same right. argument against Erica is that like you can be mad that people are bringing stuff up, but to act like it's unacceptable, it's like, well, then you shouldn't have renewed. You should have broken your contract, you know? Or, and I, I appreciate that she has stayed on the show and dealt with the thing, but I also think her reaction has just been so ugly that she's not helping her case in the court of public opinion because she's acting insulted by people having questions. And if these people are quote unquote your friends, or if you're acting like they're friends, because that's the conceit of the show, then you need to be okay with people having questions about the way you've, one, lived your life, and two, um, you know, the what you have not, have and have not shared with them as quote unquote close friends in the past. Like what you have, like you presented a life and now you're saying that was a facade. So it's, that does create you to be a different character than I, the person I befriended. Can I ask yeah. a Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, no, no, you go, you go. Tell me. No, this is like, I'm sort of derailing a little bit, but I wanted to ask because I heard that Beverly Hills is allegedly starting to film soon, um, which I think makes sense because they probably want to keep Erica around and get all of the stuff they can um, while they can. Do you think that Bethany going on the record and saying that not only did she tell Andy, but that she told Rinna and Kyle that Erica and Tom didn't have it like that. Like, do you think that that is a world where that would be brought up because they would say like Kyle's friend, Bethany? Like, I know that they're not great at, they're not gonna say like this other housewife who's no longer a housewife, but like, is there a version where like Sutton and Garcelle can say like this, like Bethany who's a friend with Kyle said that she told Kyle and Rena in the press that like Erica's money wasn't like that. So why are now we being gaslit to be like the ones who are, you know, I don't think so as much as I would love it. And I think the problem there is because it involves Andy. I think it becomes difficult. It like when... becomes too much like production stuff then. It's not even production stuff, but it does sort of malign him a little bit. Not that I disagree with it in any way. And I would love to get more info. But because Bethany says that she told Andy, I don't know how you can get around that part of the conversation, especially if it becomes a part of the plot and then it needs to be addressed on the reunion. Like, I don't know that I see Andy responding to this anyway, in any way, as much as I a hundred percent believe it. Um, and I don't know how you get around that aspect of it. However, if this is something that's being discussed and if Camille has, said that she heard it at the baby shower and then she even said recently in the last day or so that it was a west she was being as specific she's like dangling a fucking carrot oh camille donna touchy grammar she was like a wet it was a west coast housewife who told me which means it could be orange county or um beverly hills someone who was present it could come up i mean it, it could i i I want to say that I would love it to, but then I'm also like, how much of the truth are we actually going to get from this? You know, like, where would that path really lead us? I mean, it would be interesting if it was a rumor being discussed. I could see it being a fucking shit show, which would be great for us because it would be an explode. It would be 
lighting a match. It would be the what largest you, possible fire. What if they started filming in like three weeks and then you saw a photo of cameras filming uh, Garcelle and Sutton sitting at a lunch with Camille? Would you be mad? Of course I wouldn't be mad. And Camille <laughs> has gone out of her way. She was like stroking her puppy on Watch What Happens. It was like very it was, like it was like Cruella I, Deville style, which I was kind of into. But also I think it was like a defense mechanism because she was scared. But do you um, know yeah. how Garth? I'm um, not Garth. I'm sorry. She's always on my mind. Um, do you know how Camille? Like she kind of to me, she's like she's always at an extreme and she's always polarizing. But I'm either like so hard into how what she's doing, or I'm so mm-hmm. like mad at how aggressive and like. Um, like produced it is but or I'm like mm-hmm. really into it like I was into when she called Dorit's money out and remember that somebody said that that was beneath the belt below the belt which was I think mm-hmm. Rinna I think it was Rinna I think it was everybody you're right but yeah it was everybody including Denise Richards um <laughs> whew, okay I'm hot I have another question for you <laughs> this is such a wild ride today I love it tell me everything ask me did ask you, me okay so did you see the photos of all stars too? no Yes. And they're all bl- wasted in the backyard with a producer. <laughs> Wait, at Dorinda's, it was like the last night of filming. All of these has-beens, also Rans, and also Dorinda gathered together at, at Bluestone Manor to film for 45 minutes for an eight-episode arc. Yep. So we were talking about Jill Zarin, as we do before we started recording. And I just was thinking about <laughs> if any of these, if, if the conceit of All Stars 2, certainly they're trying to set up Dorinda for some sort of a hopeful, I think, of eventual return to New York. Um but like, do you think they're setting up anybody else? Like, do you think they're using this as testing ground? I know you don't have an answer to that, but I just am curious, like, as a theory, like, do you think that this is a play to, a place to say like, okay, like, because I, because Tamara and Vicky then were in New York, but Heather Dubrow and Gina are also were on a private plane coming to New York. So, and then they were all together. So it's like, are they like, are Tamara and Vicky going to be friends of the season of OC because and like they're using the all-stars too as like a bone you know what I mean and like is Jill and Jill being set up for a potential return maybe what do you think I don't see any of that including Dorinda I think if they're priming Dorinda for a a return it's unrelated to this this is like its own little universe of a world and Dorinda makes so much sense to be at the center of it because they can do it at Bluestone Manor like I don't see the connection between Dorinda returning and doing this spinoff I think if Dorinda returns which is very possible she will return but I don't think it's necessary to set her up in any way with this extra show as the vehicle I don't think she requires a vehicle I think if she comes back she comes back and a lot of people are asking for it but I don't think that that's related to this show I think it's related to these are people who used to be on the show and we have like an A team and a B team now the likelihood is high that the B team who are all like psychopaths are going to (laughs) self-produce up the wazoo like you have fucking Phaedra and Brandy Phaedra Phaedra, Brandy and Tamara all in a house and Dorinda all in a house they're drinking and also Jill and Vicky and Vicky Vicky, who is desperate to come back desperate it's like it's like everybody but Eva who is not that type of person and uh Taylor who does have her own baggage but but it's like that's like but like Taylor's is like much darker It also makes me nervous that they were in a meeting and that they were like All Stars 1 was kind of a drag. Like it's like not exciting. So what do we do for the second season to like up people's interest so that they won't tune out? And they were like, let's just do one with everyone who's been knocking on our doors to do a show. <laughs> and then they were like, we need one more. And they were like, okay, Eva? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the 
A team is just going to be these women being like, wow, work rate. Like, let's have some shams <laughs> and dance. And you look great. No, you look great. No, you look amazing. That's what it's going to be. And then Ramona is just like a yapping little dog, just like trotting over to everyone being like, be friends with me. I'm wonderful. Like, it's not it's not going to be. I don't I don't imagine it being anything. And I do think that this will be everything plus. And I don't necessarily mean that as a compliment. Yeah. And obviously, I'm going to watch every episode 18 times. Like, that's not in question. It's like when people are like, oh, are you going to watch like I'm sorry. Did we? Was that a choice? Like, did we actually get to choose? I feel like they're they just at this point. Bravo's like, here's a thing, and I'm like, all right. Yeah, I yeah, guess yeah. I'm gonna ingest it and talk about it and uh, spin out as a result. Um, valid questions, and I don't have answers to any of them. It is also interesting when we think about who's the missing piece here. I mean, Vanderpump Rules is coming back. I. I think in the back of my head, this is what I was thinking about yesterday when I was thinking when I saw the news that BH is like filming essentially in an hour and a half. Here's what I was thinking, because, you know, they love to have a little dynasty soap opera moment. You know what I would fucking this is never going to happen, guys, by the way. Garcelle and Sutton going to one of the restaurants and meeting her. Sure. Uh, My I would love to see it. And maybe Camille will cameo, but probably not. My dream would be the finale, the season finale of next season is like the women at a party or whatever. And we're in like full Dynasty Diva moment. And who walks in the door? Lisa Vanderpump fade to black. I would lose my fucking mind. And having 18 cameras, like I need extra sets, extra teams to focus on Rinna and Kyle's faces when Lisa Vanderpump walks in the door, fade to black. And then we think about the scene, the season after it will not happen. But I think actually LVP is at a point where she's like, maybe we need to figure out a way to make this work. I would die. You could also argue it could be Denise, but the result is not going to be as interesting. It's just not. I would do you think that this will happen? What do you think the likelihood is that LVP is going to return during Generation Rinna? And I guess you could call it Generation Kyle. I mean, I think that Kyle is like never going to leave this show. I think mm-hmm. it's like unlikely that it will ever happen. So I think that the likelihood of Lisa Vanderpump and Kyle facing off on camera on Beverly Hills is likely in the next two to three seasons. Right? That's what I think. I think the likelihood of Denise returning is unlikely, not because Mm -hmm. I wouldn't welcome it and not because I don't think that it could provide good moments, but I just think that she's not the same type of like, she's she's like not going to give us what we want because Rinna will still like double down. Even if she's like, I'm sorry, I was too, well, maybe not. Maybe she would apologize, but I just think that like whatever conflict happens, it's not going to be as satisfying. I also think that Denise like was weird with production and therefore like they're probably not as excited about bringing her back because she tried to sue them but maybe not I, I mean and Vicky sued production to be like maybe don't make me look bad and they were like lol and that and now she's on a spinoff with Fair her enough. you know you know she just had a um undisclosed cold she doesn't know <laughs> what it is she doesn't know what it could be and now she's filming but she did, get, she did get vaccinated so fascinated that's what karen huger says i know i love it can we just pivot back to beverly hills we're still in it (laughs) okay (laughs) but like when i say beverly hills i mean the show with erica jane yes what are your i have specific thoughts on this week but i just want to know i know that we have discussed it a little bit but how are you thinking about the temperature in the room right now with erica how are you thinking uh, what are your thoughts like what on are my ways? own beliefs about her case 
or the case against her fat husband? Is that what you mean? Or like the, the women- case against Erica Jane as seen on Beverly Hills? Like, how are you? What is your reaction to the ways that she is responding to things so far this season? Do you think that there is a possibility that one could say she's doing a pretty good job? Oh, I don't think that's an argument to be made. Okay. I do think. <laughs> I do think that this episode was the best episode she's had in terms of saying my, like they, like the rest of the family wants to put him in a home. And like, I was married to him for 24 years, 25 years or 20 years, whatever. And like, even though we're getting a divorce, I care that he's being, I don't want him to be put into a home. But I do think the argument could also be made that like, you're also getting a divorce from him. You chose to do that while he was sick, opposed to taking action. Um, but so I thought it was the best version of her, like, of me being like, okay, I understand that. Like, I understand that if you were like, I can't be in this marriage anymore, but also I still care about this person and I don't like what his family who's been estranged is doing. But the flip side of that is like, you could have, you're still married to him. So like, you could have done something and you chose to leave. Um, so I think that, I don't know, but I don't think she's doing a good job. None of it makes sense because it also feels like she's still sort of in cahoots with him. Um, so I don't know. I'm not sure that I'm answering your question in a thoughtful way. I'm just, I, I don't think that she's doing a good job. I think that seeing her care about Tom and how embarrassing and sad and tragic this is gives me more empathy for her than seeing her anger at people asking questions about what's, what her marriage was and what, what these cases and like suits mean. That's interesting. I, I can see that. I also think her reaction to the Tom kid stuff was actually a trigger for me. I got so angry because it was so, to me, so manipulative. If the ways that she has, she is being very strategic with what she is saying about Tom in defense of Tom. It is wildly, it is, I am very curious about the fact that every single defense or offensive tactic she has used does happen to support him or his strategic legal reactions to stuff regardless of whether some of this is true with like none of us know none of us know what is happening it is entirely possible that he is suffering from dementia it is entirely possible that he needs a conservative conservator and care and it's also to me completely unrelated to the crimes that he has committed Mm -hmm. i allegedly like it's if maybe he was worse at doing them because of a brain injury or a neurocognitive disorder, sure, that's possible. But he has been criming for so long that that did not begin this. And the more info we get from Bethany and whomever else talking about the fact that this is an open, this was an open secret, actually the better and the worse for her, but the better for those of us who are like, this is shit. But if one thinks about the ideas that people perform housewives or, you know, what she is very, being very careful, which you can also argue is a uh, smart for her defense and how she, you know, discusses it and characterizes it online is a very different matter but if we're thinking about the fact that she is being very cognizant of what she's saying in front of the cameras I think she made a very um uh uh, she made a very clear choice 
to shit talk his family and by family she means kids which I think as someone who was their stepmother for over 20 years is like a diabolically bad response I think that she decided to paint this man in a light where regardless of whether or not he's alone very sad I you know anyone being alone and, and dealing with this is sad but he he did this his kids did not decide to stop talking to their parent. They found out their parent is a criminal. And, you know, who knows which members of the family worked for the law firm who didn't. But to say that they are after his money and when the money is not there, they are not, is so deeply irresponsible and inappropriate. And to me, like, moderately evil. <laughs> Where I'm like, mm-hmm. this is not, I watched it and I was so angry I was honestly really genuinely viscerally pissed because it is obvious you know she was married to him for 20 years of course she doesn't want to see him be alone but why isn't she visiting him why isn't she calling him why is she freaking out when people are talking on camera about the fact that he calls her as if to imply a variety of things, including the fact that they're in touch. Why you don't get it both ways. And if you do, we have the right and the ability to call it out. Yes. It's, it's insane to me. It's actually, that was unfathomably disrespectful to me, acknowledging that I have no idea of the family dynamics because she has made it very clear that kids and by kids, we only mean hers are off limits. So the fact that she's ready to onboard mm-hmm. other children related to her is absolutely wrong. It's wrong. That's interesting. I really hadn't thought about it. Um, well, I really never thought about it like that. <laughs> but no, it's really fascinating because I mean, there is, I, I'm going to tell you my initial reaction to that is like, wow, was sort of like, I think it is like, I don't. I don't know. Do I it, think like your parent is being conv- convicted of crimes, but it's your parent, you know. And so, like, mm-hmm. of course, I don't know the dynamics of Tom and his adult children, but my reaction was sort of like, "That's gross." And like, yeah, maybe they are only around when he had money. And but I mean, I, I don't know the like. He, they've never been on the show. Erica's never talked about them other than to say like she had a good relationship with them, like in a talking head once. So. Um, I don't know. I thought that was, that was very illuminating what you just said and makes me, it does make me sort of think about the empathy that I offered her or like the, you know, the compassion maybe I felt in that scene. Um, but I think everything she's doing is really like, I don't know that it's really calculated because it's not good. So it feels like it would be a little bit better if it was super thought out, but it just seems chaotic, like her response to everything. And that was one of the moments that I thought felt a little bit more grounded in like, I don't know. It felt honest that she would say on camera, like, this is gross. Like, I feel badly for Tom, but also, like, I can't be with him. But you're right. She made the choice to do that. And she decided to leave and protect her reputation once all of this was happening, you know? I think that that's the other thing that we're not not talking about. Like, the show isn't talking about is that obviously that was, like, the the inciting incident was, like, uh, she's getting a divorce. She tried to bury it on Mm -hmm. election day. People said it was a sham divorce. And she was like, my divorce is not a sham. And then it sort of like uh, pivoted to like all of the allegations that were made in like the press, like all of the things that came to be headlines, the story in the LA Times. But we're not talking about the fact that Erica filed for a divorce like a month Mm -hmm. ahead of time of that LA Times story. And the allegations really like, they were bubbling at the surface I feel like for a while, but it was everything coming into mainstream media. Like 
we're not talking about that anymore. And the idea that she was trying to create distance from him in order to protect herself and her assets, their assets, whatever, you know, which I think is a valid, like Erica's acting like she's above critique. And that is what I'm finding insufferable about her is that she's acting like the women having questions, like she won't engage with Sutton. Like, I don't know. This is like that when Vicky and, no, I'm sorry, when Tamara and Shannon wouldn't talk to Vicky for like a whole season. It's like mm. your job, like again, don't come back for the show. <laughs> like, I don't like when shows do this. Like basketball wise, we'll have a whole season and they'll be like, these two <laughs> people aren't gonna talk. And it's like, no one wants to watch that. Like cast some, like fire somebody. So like Erica being like, I'm not gonna talk to Sutton. I don't have nothing to say to her. It's like, I don't know. Then you shouldn't have come on this trip. Then that could have been the storyline. You could have been home with Tiago cleaning your fridge. <laughs> And we would have watched the other women talk about you. And that would have actually maybe been more interesting than to watch you tell like your friends that you're not going to talk to the people you're not on the ends with. But I guess next yeah. week, and next, next week we're going to see because they're going to, she's going to hear them talking about her on the terrace. Oh my God, which I saw that and I screamed. I was so, I got so much secondhand anxiety from like, she seemed to think it was funny. I mean, and then Sutton goes on Watch What Happens and she's like, don't worry, it wasn't that bad. What we said wasn't that bad. And Andy was like, but we don't really know that. Um, watch the episode. <laughs> we'll see. We'll be the judge of that. As I didn't see. Like, I missed that part. Yeah, I think that they were probably like, do we believe that like she's being cool? And then she was like, I can hear you fade to black. Like, I don't think it's going to be that big a thing. But yeah. I do think the big thing when it comes to Erica, as you said, is like the choices that she's making. And I, it's so interesting that you felt empathy for her in that moment because it was sort of removed from my heart when she started talking and bringing up the kids. I just felt like and especially because his brother seems to be doing all of the stuff and also she's been advised from her lawyers not to speak to him why does she think that her kids haven't been told the same she's very obviously crafting something that does it is one of many things that ends up supporting him and it's like to me you got to take out of the conversation is he faking some of this because it's it to me just like makes me feel uncomfortable totally versus the idea that like let's actually focus on the crime and let's focus on the actual choices that she's making because they are choices at the end of the day. Also her saying that his kids weren't around and then your, your observation of like, well, she's not around. She chose to leave. But then like her son is the one who went to his house when there was like a, mm. was a, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I know that that's his stepfather for, I mean, he was a child when they got married. So I realized that that's a person he has a relationship with, but we wouldn't really know enough about that because he's never been on the show. This is a random thought and it's not particularly interesting. I just have a question, which is love. Like, Can't wait. Erica's first season. I was a big fan. I like loved the, the, loved. the wealth loved. and the extravagance and sort of mm -hmm. like the character, but also like the relationship with the older man that seemed like a relationship she wanted to be in. And her second season was terrible. I was not into it. She talked about how she's like, I'm not used to being friends with bitches. All my friends are Queens. And I was like, cool, you are offensive. And that's homophobic. Um, and then also just like, mm -hmm. we just never saw Tom. We never ever were introduced to her son. She kept having these weird, like, I don't know if she was drunk or if she would, what was happening, but she would like lash out against Eileen or mm. Teddy and like, and no one would question it. They just accepted that she was like mean. And I wonder like, do we think that Bravo, because I recognize the right ratings are good, but I also know that like having people that have cases against them is not like a great look, you know, for a, a brand. <laughs> So I wonder, you know, like when they think like, does this make them say like, we want pe less people who are scammers and, pe and do we want women who are 
willing to show their husbands and like was that a fault on their part to say we will cast a woman who says that her husband is like will appear on camera she there was one season he didn't appear on camera once and like it bothered me because I thought why are we like I like see like Kyle in bed with no makeup on like waking her kids up for like school and then Erica's like my son won't be on film like video my, my son, won't, son won't be on the show and my husband will maybe be on the show once a season and I just like does the network say like we need people who are willing to actually like show us everything opposed to saying I have all of this wealth but it's like a big question mark about how like where it comes from and also you can't see any of my like inner workings of my real life you can just see the character that I perform at like gay clubs for no money I mean, the idea of where the wealth came from is very, very recent when it comes to actual Beverly Hills plot. And that's a, this season thing, regardless of what's been happening in the court and how long it was seen as, oh, this is just some people coming for his money or whatever the reaction was, because it seems so um, impossible that it that he was a fraud until it all came out. And we were like, what the fuck? Um, so when it comes to questions about her wealth, I don't really know that there were any as a part of plot until this season I don't I don't recall that coming up what I recall is a lot of performative wealth and a lot of people reacting to that with like "Ooh, that seems nice you know Mm -hmm. myself included frankly when we're talking about you know rewatch some Erica apps too and she's like sweetie you know the tea honey like it's okay sweetie but you know my tea's coming out of the little and just watching her have these moments and thinking like wow they have a lot of fucking cash you know I I don't know that that was a thought on Bravo's mind at for a long period of time regardless of what Bethany tells us she told Andy which yeah. he might have he might have responded in a way that I might have responded if I was told at, at whatever point someone tells me that Erica shit is a fraud I don't know that I'm going to believe that right totally. out of the gate yeah. why should I it's yeah. only until all of this stuff came out after that it's like oh shit um Dennis was right but with this stuff now I, I don't know I think I like what's the question is the question like should Bravo be doing better background work i i don't know that tom is the example there i think that jen shaw might be but i i don't know because then it's like how do they not know about mary's church you know like i i don't there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes but it's also like when it comes down to it the kind of person who's going to do these acts or the spouse of somebody who's going to do these criminal activities to produce a lot of cash and to show off their Wealth is the kind of person who's going to want to sign up for Housewives, who's going to want to be a star because they do a very good job of playing the part of like, you know, a successful citizen who's not cheating on something like I don't know. There is a connection there when it comes to hubris or lack thereof. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't I don't know how you get one without the other, which is like the darkest part of this. (laughs) I guess I would this is the new generation of housewives i mean, know erica's been around speaking of exorbitant wealth someone like kathy hilton like why does she get a and i'm gonna say this i'm using this as broadly as like social response but like why does she get a pass when she calls people who work for her like the lady when someone like ramona wouldn't because they would we would say that like she's despicable and doesn't like have like no understand humanity because i don't think that uh, I don't think that Ramona understands humanity. And I think that Kathy Hilton is at least interested in it. And I do think this is true to her character, which is much, much, su- it is at a much more superior rate than Ramona's, where she genuinely doesn't remember people's mind. It doesn't to me 
I don't think that she doesn't like devalue this person. I think she doesn't know where she is at any time. Like she, she's terrified of driving and I don't want to equate a human being with a car, but I do want to say that like Kathy is disconnected from her reality, which gives her so much value for reality TV. Mm -hmm. like, to me, Kyle Richards calling her sister's house and referring to her sister as Mrs. Hilton is my love language. They do not I'm, know who Kyle is, is, which makes me laugh. I, but I love that. Yes, like they are too. treating Kyle as, as Kathy treats her staff, which is like, this is a person who is not me. So take it or leave it. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't care about Kyle. And I love that so much about this unique relationship. Like all of the other members of the cast are, are afraid of Kathy. As you said, like it's the power, it's the access, it's the wealth. It's like the extreme. It is Kathy is the realization of what people think when they think or used to think about Beverly Hills Housewives. Like there is a way that we have seen Villa Blanca and she, 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 she. But Kathy is the actual reality of what people think of when they think of a standard mega wealthy Beverly Hills wife. Kathy is the real deal. And you don't it is impossible for Dorit to try to level up to that standard because it doesn't it's not an option for Dorit. It's not going to happen in that way. So I think that to hear Kyle call up her sister's house and refer to her relative as Mrs. Hilton is like, it, it means so much to me. It is so meaningful because it's like so, so true. And also when Kathy says something, Kathy has the ability to say something and Dorit is not going to respond in kind. Dorit doesn't know how. She's afraid of what's going to happen. So Dorit is going to aim for someone that she thinks she can get a reaction out of or at least level herself against. She's never going to be able to. She is, as of right now, not going to be able to do that to Kathy. To me, the only way that the tables will be turned is when it's done under or very much closely connected to the auspices and the artifice of production because in that way technically Dorit is higher up in the sense that she's full-time in bed on the show more I also think that's why Kathy should remain a friend of I don't think that there is any benefit to her to being full-time I think that there is only potential pressure and possibly negative results I think she stays on as a friend of and does her fucking thing but you know but like isn't that I mean I don't and it's not the world isn't fair, but just isn't it interesting that a friend of has so much power because it's never been, it's never happened before. You know, we've seen, yeah. because the idea of a friend of has always been someone who either was basically edited out of the show, like that redheaded woman on Dallas, or they are people that are basically, <laughs> or people that were, that were auditioning to be housewives, like, you know, Shamia or Marlo who didn't make the cut or people that came on because of a plot point, like that they were became a part of the plot, like Elise or Barbara, where it was like, oh, we have to include them because like they're too wrapped up in the story. So it's just an interesting dynamic for like the queen bee almost to be somebody who's not contractually obligated to show any, any vulnerability as the women say, you know, like she's allowed to just be hunky dory and funny because she's rich. And we know she's rich because she married into the Hilton dynasty. So mm -hmm. I don't know, I just think it's an interesting dynamic because she's not showing anything that you, so there's no like conflict there but she also gets to just like be untouchable yeah I think that's I but also you know how many friends of 
there's the question of, isn't it interesting that this friend of has so much power? And is this the first time that a friend of has come onto the show who's already accrued so much power because of who she is? Part of her persona is power. It is Mrs. Hilton. It is Kathy Hilton, mother of two celebrities and also two others, and someone who is the sister of and has been spoken about with some measure of fear on previous seasons. And now we get to see her interact with Kyle and have it be a nice spot. Also noting there are high stakes for Kathy and Kyle in Kathy's presence on the show, because what happens if says if Kyle says something that pisses Kathy off? I don't think the reverse is as important. Apologies to Kyle as it is when it comes to the power um, that Kathy has as the spiritual big Kathy in the trio of sisters. Like there's a lot there and there is a lot of potential risk and that has a little bit of a presence and a little bit of a dance on, on this season. Like, it's just one of those things that like, how interesting is it? Very interesting. Also because it's very fucking rare. It's just very rare. So do you think we're going into a season where there's like any potential for one of my favorite things about housewives and Andy has said this before is like that they are like, you're living in a soap opera. So people always can kind of rotate in and out, even if it's like small guest appearances and that's mm-hmm. been one of my favorite things about Beverly Hills and Atlanta is really the only other city that does this where like people just kind of rotate in and out and you'll see them at parties. And I'm wondering like on the heels of this season, which has been so good, but there's been lots of mention of Denise. There's obviously mm-hmm. like the Kim is missing from the Kathy Kim dynamic uh, or like the sisters. And then there was one other person I was just thinking of. Oh, it's like Vanderpump, which is like, mm-hmm. is there a version of the world where we might, or Camille also, like, is there a version where any of these people could come back next season? Not even like in a friend of capacity, but just like a potential for like them to make an appearance, to be like a, you know, like, that's what I kind of want. I would love to see the dynamic of the three Richard sisters. I would love to see Lisa Vanderpump obviously show up or Camille show up to light a fire under the Fox force, whatever Four. they are. Um, and I have some intrigued by the idea that Lisa and the Denise Richards allegedly wants to come back. Like, I don't believe it, but I'm sort of into the idea. I think if Denise comes back, it would be like the absolute worst thing for her. I don't know that Denise, I love that she like is pissed at Rena, but I don't know that Denise is equipped to play this game in the manner that she now has to play it, yeah. which is different yeah. than what happened when she first joined the show where it was like breath of fresh air. She doesn't know where she is. She's wearing shorts and she thinks that that's appropriate, like, which of course it is. And they were very cute and sparkly, but like not for Beverly Hill, you know, like this is, and it was like so fun because she was different. It was the absolute opposite of what happened when Eric came on the show because it was so much wealth so much glamour so much rich but also oh this is a different kind of persona personality very dry than what a different kind of dry than LVPs and what we have seen before with Denise you could like maybe argue it's a similar kind of like outsider-esque vibe but differently it presented in a different way and now it's like this is a different kind of game altogether I don't think that she's going to want to participate in it. I do think she will want to seek revenge, and I love that journey for her. But I don't know that she's equipped to do that. I think that she would be swallowed whole. Just thinking about it, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. But I am interested in like her being in the press saying that she wants to come back or she wouldn't like you know be against it and then telling Garcelle that she wants to come back. Well, also, she didn't say it in the press. She told Garcelle to say it in the press. Or she told Garcelle who then said it in the press, which is 
different. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like we got to make some different choices, Denise, if we want to make this happen, because to me, this is a terrible comparison, but it is a little bit of a shift. To me, it is slightly similar to what is going on with Mia and Candace right now, where Mia is doing something that actually is a little bit of a throwback to what happened a couple seasons ago in Orange County, where we are seeing a different persona of someone online than we are on the show. And I don't know that this is going to work out in her favor, where Mia seems like relatively shady on the show, making some choices, obviously, with Candace and Chris. But on social, she is she is like running fast and hard and seemingly strong. And I don't know that she can play this out on TV in the ways that she's able to perform online. Interesting. Which is sort of similar to what's happening with Denise coming back shade, yada, yada. Not really as similar, but it does give me a little bit of a, okay, you seem like we are being told you want to play ball. We're being told that through somebody else or winks and whatever else online, but that's very different from how you perform on the show. And I think a little bit of Emily Simpson, who a couple seasons ago had a lot to sh- a lot of shit that she said online and in tweets where it was like very sassy, very shady. I don't know that she was ultimately able to deliver that on TV, which is most important. And Mia's making a very obvious choice to run at Candace. And I just don't think this is going to end well for her because I don't think she can survive this. <laughs> I, think, I think that Mia, I don't know. I, I don't Mia know. Is, Tell me I'm wrong. I Tell think me I'm you're wrong. wrong. And I'm not saying that Mia is like, you know, Candace is many things. And she's like a really, for me, at least a frustrating housewife to watch because she's not like super, super likable. But that's not important, mm-hmm. really. She is very good at the game. Like she's she's great in her confessionals. She looks great. She's very funny and shady. Um, and she's like very quick. And I, so I don't say, I'm not saying that Mia will be able to win the battle, but I do think that Mia has proven that she's able to like hang. Like, I don't think it's the same to me as Denise or Emily who both seem like they shrink when in conflict in on camera. I feel like Mia like start shit and I feel like she has shown thus far to date like some follow through there I think I just don't I don't know I just don't know I know that yeah it's and anything's possible anything is possible but my gut instinct is like you Candace is now going to seek and destroy you at the reunion and I just don't see her holding her own I just really don't see it I just see somebody who is showing us a lot on social and you could argue she's doing that because she doesn't have the vessel or production of um of the show to like hold her back and I say that in defense of her but I also just don't see it I just don't see I don't see her being able to win this or even tie I don't know it's possible I mean, there are people who think she's a great addition and people who think she are she's like a sinking ship right now. Oh, I'm into her. I'm that surprised that people think that she's a sinking ship. Are you one of those people? I thought that she was a really great ch- casting choice. And now I'm like, it's so interesting because she's like the least successful Switzerland, which works in our benefit, where you think she's going to be in the middle, but then she like swerves to the left and then swerves to the right. And I don't... I don't know how best to like track her route because it it does feel 
somewhat chaotic, but I also like the chaos. I just don't know that she's but like what she's but, but, maybe here for a good time, but not a long time. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know. But I haven't I don't know. many I can't figure it I can't figure her out. But don't many Switzerlands what play like like Kyle is Switzerland right now, right? I don't think that Kyle is Switzerland. I think that Kyle is is doing her best to pretend to be Switzerland. But I do think that there is something to be said for active selective silence. And that's what she's doing right now when it comes to Erica versus Sutton. I don't think anybody in the Fox force go fuck yourself. I don't think any of those people could ever, I think she's, you know, just cause she's not talking like Lisa Rinna doesn't mean she uh, disagrees. And I think a lot of us are hoping because of her confessionals. But when it comes to the reunion, I think all of those bitches are going to be like, Erica, I'm so sorry. I'll never do it again. I don't know. I don't know what to say. And you know, I die. You know, I fucking die. I know you're the per- only, like the only person, not, not the only person, but in my, in my, <laughs> in my, in my actual, in my actual life, you're one of the few people that stands Kyle. And I appreciate it. No, that's not true. Actually, I have other friends. I just argue, I argue with everybody who's obsessed with Kyle. Um, mm-hmm. But I just don't see the incentive to stay aligned with Erica when this reunion comes. And I was annoyed when I saw a photo of them all <sighs> with their arms around each other because I was like, I want to. I don't want to see photos. And I like, I had read the headlines and I shouldn't have read them because then I was a, had expectations of, you know, Erica being on the out with Dorit and. Sorry, I didn't mean to make Potomac. Somehow we got back to Beverly Hills. No, I, you know I love that. That's my journey. I, I'm trying to be respectful to you by referencing Potomac, but I could talk about Beverly Hills until the cows come home. Like, I there's an article that um, Alex Zaragoza wrote for Vice this week, friend of the pod, shout out Alex, about the um, – she talked with, I want to say like a psychologist or somebody in that area um, in the brain world talking about the idea of groupthink when it comes to why are these women constantly defending Erica. And there is the idea that it's like a, both a strategy and a response to – it is easier and safer for us to align as a group and criticize Sutton versus criticizing Erica, knowing that if we're wrong, we can like go down together where it wasn't just me. It was also everybody else. Like there is the idea that there's like a psychological and strategic response to this that they think protects them by hanging Sutton to dry, leaving Sutton to dry, hanging, leaving. I don't know. There's a leaving. There I don't with remember. Wet clothes. Is that even a thing that people talk about anymore? Hanging something to dry? Do people even know that that is like clothing? I think like so, a, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, people have clotheslines who don't live in cities, right? Maybe I don't know. Do they? I think so. I don't know. Kids these days, do they even understand where that came from? Like us elders? Let's think about that. All right, let's reflect. I on don't it. know. It's possible. It's possible. So while we're talking about, okay, so groupthink, I have a question. So speaking of groupthink, yeah, th- tell me everything. Groupthink and Switzerland conversation. Can we talk about, we need to talk about Crystal and like what is happening. She's basically been invisible from like the last two episodes. And while I was a big fan of Crystal's in the beginning of the mm. season and like into her digging her heels against Sutton and like having a point of view and that was, she didn't seem afraid to, she did was doing the job and I was really into it. Mm-hmm. But based on that dinner where her and Kathy, I thought were kind of shady to Sutton and for mm-hmm. lunch, whatever it was. And then her saying she didn't ever heard of Sutton before and then saying like the door was closed with Erica. I feel like it's maybe similar into the idea that it's like, it's cool to be all against all in on Erica and it's like easier to be against Sutton. It's like 
Crystal's cool to have an opinion and ha- and get have conflict in the group immediately with somebody who she doesn't feel like she should be aligned with. But I think that I'm f- discovering or feeling more like she is concerned with being aligned with like the quote unquote cool girls. And that is disappointing. And I feel like she's been so silent these last few episodes and hasn't inserted an opinion. And if it was, it was edited out. So yeah, I, I'm curious where you stand, with, like where you, what you're thinking about where she's operating within the group. Well, I think if we think about this whole groupthink idea, which is the thesis of um, Alex's piece, uh, I think that when you consider a first season housewife, who are you going to align with? The people who are the majority, who have the most power on the show, um, noting that you don't have relationships really or history with any of the full timers and, you know, the one real pressure stakes argument fight is with the person on the outside Sutton it does to me make sense that she's going to align with the majority of the group do I agree with it absolutely not do I keep saying on social that my dream next season is for Crystal and Garcelle and Sutton to be aligned as one a thousand percent do my hopes fade a little bit every time there's a new episode where I'm like you're on the wrong team this is not the way that I want this to go a thousand percent. And yeah. I think that there is, I think it's the idea of like, it's her first season. Doesn't mean I agree with it, by the way, but I think that there's the idea of it's her first season. There's discomfort. There is fear. There's apprehension about who to agree with or not. Obviously, they're still finding out in real time stuff about this Erica Yada, which comes out as it comes out. And there are people who are willing to, um, reckon with what Erica with the conflict of the Erica that was presented on the show before and the Erica that we are finding out about because of national news now and also a new person who's in the group who doesn't have the ability to necessarily reference the Erica before because she wasn't on the show Mm -hmm. and it would be breaking the fourth wall to be like well this person hasn't done anything to me because I didn't technically know them and now I'm in the cast but I've seen all the seasons so how do I react do I agree with her uh, responses to things? No. Do I think that um, the stuff about like, well, I didn't know Sutton before. No. Like, what does that even mean? And, you know, like wealth whispers, you know what I'm saying? Like it to me doesn't mean anything that you didn't know this person. It's like a secret club. Like the people in the fucking, well, she also you said know, the same thing about Dart Dorit in the beginning of the season. And mm-hmm. also nobody knew who she was. Like nobody knew, like, you know what I mean? Like she's married to a director, but also like, it's not like he's a celebrity director and also nobody knew her by name. I do think there's something to be said because the season is po- like, I should say the group is polarized. And I think that the audience, and as we've talked about before, like Garcelle is saying what the audience is thinking. Mm-hmm. Sutton is asking questions that everyone wants asked, include like viewers and the other co-star castmates. And I think that because the audience is able to see that line, I think seeing Crystal choose to align herself with the, the powerful people that have been labeled Mean Girls by Lisa Vanderpump fans. Um, I think it's less about Crystal being a mean girl and more about her making that a priority, making the priority to be like, I want to be with the cool girls and not like, I don't want to be on, I I don't want to be in with these two who are on the outs with the rest of the group. And I, I don't relate to it. Like, I feel like the idea should be that you should want to be on the right side of history. And I, and I think that, I understand that they were getting stuff in real time, but those other two women were able to have perspective to say. So 
I don't need to give her a pass, but I don't think because she was as a new cast member because she's shown herself to have pretty strong opinions when she's affected by it. And so the idea mm-hmm. that like Rob worked with people who were involved with me too and it didn't affect them. It's like not making me like her because it's her showing, being able to find ways to create excuses for Erica and also all of them to be like in cahoots again, like just being like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect us. It's like, I don't, I just, I don't know. I will be interested to see what she says in response to those comments at the reunion. And also, you know, because of her friendship with Kathy and I think Teddy and her, like, I think Teddy is really the connection. Oh my God. Like Teddy is really one of her best friends, right? Like that is how she is really connected, right? I don't understand it. I don't. So I think that that is really like, she is pretty, she's, she's on the outs because she's new to the show, but she's also friends with Teddy, who's best friends with Kyle and it's such a good point though I didn't think about that strategically that makes so much and sense. and she's also friendly with Kathy according to the show so mm-hmm. you know I don't know I, I I really liked her and I'm and I do like her because I'm into her having like I thought she had a strong start to the season but I'm just mm-hmm. disappointed I think in the ways in which she has been caught up in the group thing yeah and it's like it it, it might not be the intent, but the impact is that it protects and defends Erica, which I think the vast majority of the viewership doesn't want. And I totally agree. I also think the Me Too thing is so interesting because I re- people were very upset about that. You have every right to be. But my reaction was like, let's play that out. If she is saying that Me Too didn't affect her husband because of um, people that he worked with, well, let's think about people that were. I think of Harvey Weinstein and Georgina Chapman and the fact that did Georgina know is a conversation one can have but one could also say regardless was she did she benefit from the heinous acts of her husband absolutely she did we've heard from actresses and people who were forced to wear Marquesa on the red carpet who were in fear of their careers if they did not who were bullied or maligned by Harvey and that was a part of it so when people are like how dare she bring up me too I am like I'm sorry that I'm sorry that you're not that you're upset that I'm not but I think Bringing up me too is a great way to paint Erica as a piece of fucking shit. Like, let's talk about me too. Let's talk about the ways that some of these spouses were potentially complicit. Like it, there is the idea that Erica benefited from this. So when it's like, we're going to have a conversation about it, let's have a fucking conversation about it. But I don't think it's going to end in the ways that you wanted to. So when it comes to a valid critique of like, why is she protecting? You are a hundred percent right. And I absolutely did not consider the connection with Teddy to this uh, to the like everyone else kind of stuff and that is such a great point that I did not think about so I'm glad that you referenced it and I also think there's a lot of valid critique against what she's saying with the son of it all and let's talk about it like this is that's the point of Andy's girls to be like we may agree or disagree we are also human people who are allowed to have our own opinion and if you are smart enough and mature enough to actually listen to another person's um, thoughts you might decide to change your mind. Like, God bless changing your mind based on new information. Let's normalize doing that. You just made a point about Teddy that I'm like, that makes so much fucking sense. That makes so much fucking sense. I just can't get over it. I know it's like so seemingly so obvious to people. I hadn't thought about it. Well, I didn't realize that they were 
close friends. And I don't know how I put it together. No, they they absolutely were. They and there was a point on your podcast. I think she said like, yes. And then when she walked when she walked into the Christmas party, she said, and I had that inf- this information because I listened to your episode with her, which I thought was a beautiful mm-hmm. episode and like really a yeah, great yeah, conversation. Yeah, great, great, great. But she mm-hmm. walked into Christmas. <laughs> she walked yeah, in the Christmas right. party and she said like, "Is my girl here?" And then I was like. Is my girl here? She said that about Teddy. Crystal walked in and was like, "Is that my girl?" Or maybe Teddy walked in. Crystal. Oh my god! I think I blocked it out. And so my and my Teddy was there. And my brain remembered that she had referenced Teddy being her friend on your podcast. So I was like, "Oh, this is maybe a more direct line in how Crystal's connected." But they like used the Kathy element because they were both new. Right. And also when she said that on the pod, she referenced something having to do with Teddy called her. And I was like, mental note, bring that up, ask more questions. And then being in the interview way that it is, I didn't get a chance to because we started talking about other stuff. And I'm so proud of that episode. And I do enjoy Crystal. And it doesn't mean that I agree with everything that she does on the show, which I think is actually important. I think it's important to be like, what the fuck is happening right now? I do think that she brings a lot of value to the show, regardless of what you think about her. And if you enjoy her, which everybody has the right to have your own thoughts and feels. But I also think you know, I had a wish, I had a hope, I had a dream. And let's see if, you know, there's the idea that we've heard all of these women say of information is just coming out. And Garcelle has said that too. It does also help that like Sutton and Garcelle, if everybody has been given the information at the same time, accepting what Bethany said, it is very fascinating that based on the same information, Garcelle and Sutton are at a totally different perspective than everybody else, which is a question mark that we may or may not ever understand where it's like taking out personal relationships. It is wild to me that the data given to all of these women in the LA times, wherever else is the same fucking information. And it's interesting when you think about like survival tactics and then friendship and then stakes. And then what are you willing to sacrifice? Maybe it's the victims in order to, figure out a way to make this make sense in your head where you don't feel like you were taken advantage of. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of different avenues to react to this, but the benefit of the reunion is like, you no longer get to say after the reunion, well, I didn't have this information. You have had now months to process not only the information and the updates that we get about Tom and Erica and Tom, but also the audience reaction. So what I'm curious about is what is Crystal going to do? And is she going to change her mind and her perspective on the reunion based on the reality of what's happened? Rinna's going to double down because she's a piece of shit and she only has like one. She only knows how to like walk in this certain line and God forbid she does anything else. Kyle, I have no idea, but my guess is that she's going to do whatever she can to be back in Erica's good graces. Same with Dorit, but... One of the stupid press sites was saying that Erica is like on the outs with Kyle and Dorit. And I just, I don't believe it. I feel like it's wishful thinking to think that they're going to be, she's going to be like, you guys made me feel bad. And they're going to be like, sorry, but it was honest for us to have those questions. Well, I think that Erica has also directly referenced that and being like, um, we're going to have something to talk about or whatever else. Cause I do think she's very pissed about more what Mauricio and PK said. So is she going to punish their spouses for being more honest than they themselves are like, yeah, of course it's possible. And I think that they will repent on their spouse's behalf. I don't know if the husbands attended this year. I don't think that they did. I would have fucking loved it, mm. but, um, 
this year would have been like an incredibly important year for that to happen, or at least just like PK, <laughs> just bring in PK, honestly, when you bring in Kathy. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know what to say about all of this. I also think that like the reality is maybe not lining up with my dreams when it comes to the alliance that I want to see take place. I don't know if that's realistic. I also don't know because Crystal said on watch, I was about to say it wasn't on AG, but I don't think it was on watch what happens, I think, or somewhere else where I think it was watch what happens where someone asked her, you know, like, who are you closest with? And she said, I can't actually tell you that because it would ruin the surprise for the reunion. My response to that is I think maybe one of the people that she's closest with maybe is Sutton. I don't, if that's true, then great. Back to my original um, hopes and dreams. I would love to see it happen. I don't know that that's the case. I really don't know. And I, I do think that this is where the reunion comes in, where it's like incredibly important. This reunion is incredibly important and there's a lot of stakes. And I don't know if anyone has changed their mind. And with Crystal, I think that goes back to like relational stuff. I just don't know. Yeah, I hope the reunion delivers. I have a lot of concerns and I like need to like, I need to settle my own expectations. expectations. Yes. What are your, your concerns or what? That the women are just going to be like, Erica, I'm so sorry. My oh concerns, my God, she's crying. My concerns and her are that we're going to accept faux vulnerability from Erica as a means to, to like, that she's going to answer stuff to the best of her, like quote unquote ability because of legal mm -hmm. reasons and that she's going to be emotional about her life. And we're not going to really get much, I don't know, like pushback from anybody, including Andy. And I also just am concerned, like based on the way I have so many examples of it, but like the way that Andy, I felt like really dug in on uh, Carol versus Bethany, the way that he dug in against Leanne versus everybody, the way that he dug in against Denise versus everybody. He has not been perceptive or the, the production hasn't been concerned. And I guess maybe it's because of the inner workings behind the scenes also, but like, no, he hasn't been concerned about being impartial in being a moderator. And so I always feel frustrated watching reunions when I feel like Andy isn't able to push back against the, ma like the majority of people. And I just, I'm concerned that he's going, going to not hold any of the women um, accountable in the ways in which they chose to just like believe Erica and not question anything and how that is antithetical to who they were in past seasons against Yolanda and Kim Richards and Brandy and Denise and Lisa Vanderpump. Like, I feel like he's going to mention it once and they're going to, and Lisa Rinna will explain why, and then he'll let it go. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Andy went on radio, Andy after and was like, and she answered every he's question. So enthusiastic. He's, he's selling it too hard for me. That's exactly what my reaction to, to his um, sort of preview was and when he says she's going to answer everything it's like cool but how much of that is going to be honest you know like I just don't I just don't I I just think this is a I don't know if this is related to the group think or something else but I don't think that we're going to get what we want because obviously he has a vested interest in in Erica's prop Erica as a property for the network is more valuable now than ever and I don't know that he thinks that her his job is holding her accountable regardless of how many times he says that about other reunions. I think when it comes to this one, I think he's a little maybe outside his depth or something. I don't know. I think people are like, Ooh, he posted in advance of the reunion and he was looking at a magazine article or a blog post about the timeline of Eric and Tom. And it's like, great. Now he'll know the timeline, but I don't know that he completely, 
I don't know that he completely understands the anger toward Erica when viewed through the lens of like what we're actually seeing as these episodes play out. And I don't know that he's as interested to represent the empathy that is missing from what Sutton has done on the show as much as uh, he is toward attempting to support this other perspective. Like if we're going to think about the empathy towards Sutton, we have a lot of questions for the rest of the cast. And I don't know that that's going to pan out. Do you think that this is a season we're going to see? And I'm sorry, like then do we think next season will be the entire same cast? Do you think anyone will be let go? And do you think that this will be the scenario where like they will just keep everything intact? Or do you think that they will feel like they need to bring in new blood so that we're not just rehashing all of the same sort of like Garcelle and Sutton versus the group and Erica's legal woes? Like, do you think they'll feel like they need to bring in someone to make sure that there's a third conflict in this? I am praying to God that it's literally every single person still on this cast, including Lisa Rinna. She is a part of everyone. Yeah, she's the villain. Everybody... We need her and, her and Erica yes. are the villains, whether they recognize it or not. A hundred percent. And what's so interesting to me is, is Rinna digging in her heels as much as she possibly can? I'm sure she will. It, will she double down with the Erica stuff? Absolutely. Will she make a joke of it? A thousand percent. But you can't say that she doesn't know that the majority of the audience is against her now. She does not have the ability to say that. The last time that happened with Denise, she tried to be like, I made a lot of mistakes and I'm not going to do that. And she did that as a way to stand her ground with Erica. And I don't think that that has really worked out, except for people who are rabidly pro Erica Jane and as a result have now aligned themselves with Lisa Rinna. So when she behaves on this upcoming season, it might be twice as bad adding my own opinion of it into the matter as it was this previous season. But I would wonder what is behind that. Is she, is it like a defense mechanism to the idea that so many people have been critical of her? Is she going to be like laughing all her way to the bank, showing Erica Jane for the very first time how to cash a check? Like what is, what is the reaction to this going to be? And if it is the same or worse, adding my own opinion into the matter, how much of that is, you know, her doing her little dance, being like a sassy little dick and saying, I'm doing this because I know you guys all hate me. So I'm going to do it twice as much, you know, like that is going to be very interesting to me because she can't backpedal from this because Erica's not giving her an option. Erica is telling her through her, shit talking everybody else and being very combative and very reactive that if you're not quiet you're not on my side and Lisa Rinna has been not only not quiet but she's been vocally 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 only on team Erica Jane so what happens when she knows that might negatively impact her she might say she doesn't care but I think she cares three times as much like what's gonna happen then what do you think could happen as a result? I don't know. I mean, I really yeah. have to, we haven't seen this, that group really have conflict with each other, at least when the stakes are high, meaning mm -hmm. the stakes are high with Erica. So um, I don't know. I mean, I have to assume it's possible. I saw flashbacks. I don't remember if this was maybe it was an old episode. I saw something recently and it was Kyle and um, Rinna both like calling Erica out at least in confessionals but it was from the season like four or five or six it was a long time ago um, but and it made me remember that there was a time when they all weren't in cahoots together and I thought interesting mm -hmm. when will we see this again 
I don't know because I don't know that Rena is ever going to be able to get out of this because she, unless something comes to light, that she's able to argue Erica lied to her. And I think in that scenario that she will use that to her advantage to then pivot to the other side and say, well, Erica uh, lied to me and now I'm ready to be done with her. But I think until we, she has some sort of evidence, which she may never have, she is going to continue to double down and say like, this was all Tom. He is an asshole. He's a bad person. And I need to stand by my friend because that is what I have been critiqued for all of these years is that like, I let people like hang people out to dry and I'm not going to do that to this friend until I'm proven otherwise. Yeah, I think that Lisa Rinna could be given the evidence and she just will refuse to acknowledge it. I think that they're playing this magical little game of like, if information changes, facts change, story changes, let's not worry about what was said before. Let's focus on giving empathy to this one specific person now and then using that against anyone that Rinna wants to seek and destroy. Like, I think the Rinna Garcelle stuff, when it comes to there are rumors that that's, I mean, it's rumors, but also like it's seemingly obvious that Rinna is going to double down on um, saying that Garcelle really did plan to give that reveal about Erica and the, t- the calls from Tom on camera as a strategic thing, totally ignoring the production hand and stuff and I think that she's going to triple down on the reunion I I think that she is and she's doing it both as much to protect Erica as she does to fuck with Garcelle do you think that uh, my understanding is that Erica got into an argument this is based on Rinna's um, Instagram story but my understanding is that night or the day and wherever they were I forget now um, where were they Tahoe when that fight happened? Um, the Was it, ta- oh no, La Quinta? Oh, okay, yeah, La Quinta. Do you think that they will show us footage of the argument with Erica and the producer and like maybe that will inform? Because I feel like it is possible that Garcelle like took bait from a producer to ask a question that, um, you know, that nobody else was taking. And I think that that offers context. I don't think it, ex- I don't think it justifies like Erica acting like a crazy person, or I don't want to use crazy as a pejorative, but like it doesn't justify Erica's reaction, I don't think. But if her reaction was to production and not to Garcelle, then I feel like Rinna doesn't really have a, you know, she doesn't really have an argument. I think that they won't because I think that it helps Rinna with her little fake idea of her little, God forbid I use the phrase fake news, kind of idea of, um, you know, this is the reality that happened and God forbid you guys introduce the real reality because then I'm fucked. I think that by them not using that, I think that there are ways that they will and will not show the fourth wall. This is an example of the fact that they probably won't. I mean, the most obvious and valuable positioning of that would be to put it on a secrets revealed because we would be talking about that secrets revealed until the end of time like we're going to talk about the reunion regardless so I don't think that they even need to use it there but I don't think that they're going to use it at all I think it goes way against I think it's way there's a idea of breaking the fourth wall because you show a producer or you say bravo bravo ducking bravo or whatever it is but oh my god I didn't say fucking I literally just said bravo bravo ducking bravo because it's a friend of the pod hi uh, (laughs) my favorite Instagram account but um I think that there's a way to uh, there's a way to quote unquote use the fourth wall, but do it in a way that doesn't really have a ton of risk. And I think showing that full moment as it happened or did not would be way too much for them. I think that they would be it would be too far. 
as much as I'd love to see it, and I would, it would be way too far. Um, but I guess we're just going to watch this play out. Listen, we've been talking about Beverly Hills for an hour and a half. Do we want to talk about Salt Lake City for two seconds? Yeah. <laughs> I'm struggling. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with Salt Lake City to date. I thought the first episode was so good because that first like three minutes is so satisfying, and because they're because mm-hmm. we are being teased something that we know. It's similar to Erica. Like we know this thing is coming, so we're watching. We're putting the pieces together as we watch. However, when you take away Jen Shaw, who is not a fun character for me personally to watch um, mm-hmm. and uh, not, yeah. When you take her out of it, I'm really struggling with the rest of this show. I feel like um, a lot of the women are really aware they're on camera and mm-hmm. that is making it like, like Lisa Barlow and Whitney are just like, they're, they're so, I don't know, producing themselves and like trying to be like, I'm drunk and I'm dropping a cake or like, I I don't care if you don't like me. I love me more than that. Like, it's like too much like intentional. Like I'm trying to make moments and be funny or be like be a housewife, which and Heather, I just feel like her wanting a friendship I think that people responded and respond to Heather because they think she's really relatable. For me, I find nothing relatable about her doubling down on, on her, like her thing being, I'm a great friend and therefore I'm going to like go in an igloo and, and put a chur- churro in the, on a fire with Jen Shaw because I wanna be friends with this person because I love her and I like, like, I just am like, she's a terrible person and you wanna be friends with her and we already know this thing happened. And that would be interesting to me to know like that maybe they were on a way to repairing their friendship and then this stuff comes out about Jen. But then Heather went on Watch What Happens Live and was like, mm. I knew her business was unsavory and I am not absolutely going to stand by her because I stood by her before I knew. And it was like, Ugh. like I was never Heather's number one fan, but I liked her well enough, but I'm having trouble watching this season because I'm like, I need there to be more than Jen Shaw's legal woes because right now it's like everybody's sort of performing for the cameras knowing and and we know as an audience that something huge is coming but like I'm like whose side am I on I mean like Mary is a dynamic character because she's like untethered but it's a little bit dark I think like like she and what she has or doesn't have going on is a little bit dark I think if you think about it and then the church stuff like I can't I think all church I mean this is my opinion but I just think all church and like religion is kind of dark and like shady. And I don't, can't even try to understand like a black Pentecostal church, but I just feel like that layer then add on to it is like, that's like my favorite character on the show or the funniest is like the person who there's a lot of darkness around. I love Meredith. I loved her last season, but now she's like engaging. And I like this baby more into her when I thought she was like running away from the production. Cause it was like funny because she was like, I'm not engaging. I'm not engaging. And now it's like, She's got these big pirate billowy sleeves while she's in the mm. kitchen making. I don't know. It just all seems a little bit overwrought right now. So that's my piece. You said, let's talk about it for two minutes. And I just did all the talking. <laughs> and I love it. Can I just ask you a question? What do you think about the Brooks and Jen of it all? How this is playing out and both of their perspectives. And I guess when I say Brooks perspective, I mean Brooks as said as channeled through his mom yeah I think that like Meredith has a right to feel a way I've seen people argue that like Brooks is an adult and is on and chose to be on camera 
Um, and I think that's like a fair argument, but I don't think it justifies Jen, who's an adult, like an actual adult, not mm-hmm. like who's his friend's mother, who's his mother's friend behaving that way. But I will also say like, I don't, like I also feel like they're trying to like wring all of the water out of this argument. Like I don't need to watch Mayor of the Show screenshots to Seth of what tweets that Jen liked. Like, again, it's like, I just need things to be a little more active. And right now everything feels a little bit performative. And maybe that's because we're at this time of this recording, we're only on episode two. So like, I want to give everyone a little grace that things will rev up. But I don't know. I mean, Brooks hasn't been open about his sexuality. And I know that Meredith responded to someone who said that, which was like, everyone has thought and made assumptions about Bruce, um, Bruce, about Brooks's sexuality. Um, And like, you haven't like been yelling at the fans. And Meredith was like, well, the difference is that like, I, that, that Jen was my friend, we were filming a show and she knew that he, like that, she knew enough to know that. So it's a difference than like uh, people who on Twitter saying, referring to Brooks as gay or like whatever. And that's different than my friend doing that. And I think that's, a, that's I think that, I think Meredith is showing up and knowing what to do. I just, you know, how long are we gonna do this dance? It's hard because Jen Shaw is out with everybody and nobody likes her. But then she's also like, the, we know that she has the thing coming, you know? Yeah, and she's getting support from Lisa Barlow, who's, like, absolutely making a choice not to um, hear, I guess, details of reality. She's like, I would rather just ignore it so that I can play this part of defending her, or maybe she actually believes it. The worst part is, like, does Lisa Barlow actually believe in Jen this much? Does Heather, how much of this is pressure that they feel to support her so that the cast feels more even or something I don't know but it it does I'm obsessed with this season so far I really can't get enough of it it brings me joy to watch I love 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 it I just um I am also like what is happening with Heather Lisa I don't um I don't mean this in like an insulting way but like I don't have as much of a belief in Lisa so like to me, I'm like, oh, this is bullshit, but also okay. Like, I'm not Meredith, so I'm not personally offended by Lisa choosing to ignore this stuff. I'm like, all right, well, yeah, yeah. she's also Lisa is like a questionable person to me and a great housewife. So, but Heather, I, I am like, okay, you're, you're both like revealing too much and not enough because, as you said, going on Watch What Happens and revealing to all of us in a way that was to me a genuine shock that she has known that Jen was up to no good and is choosing to fight for their friendship this hard. I mean, if you know that your friend is doing unsavory shit and you're like, but I didn't know it was illegal, but I knew it was bad. I mean, my God, isn't bad enough. Yeah. Like then what does that mean if she was arrested? Do you like not, that's like not as bad, a a big a shock to you because she, you knew she was always a piece of shit. Like, why are you fighting so hard if she's giving you every opportunity to show you that she's gross? Like, exactly. Then you, don't, then you don't even get to say that, like, well, she was mean to me because, my God, who even cares about that if I was Heather? I would be like, oh, my God, is my friend committing crimes? Or regardless of whether or not it's illegal, it's not good. It's not a good example of this person's character. If you knew they were up to unsavory practices, why would you want to be near them? And also she's calling you racist on social media and and body shaming you, fat shaming you, saying you look like a fucking manatee or whatever, a Shrek too, whatever else. And you're saying that you care about this person? Like, what does that say about you that you care this much? What? Why does why does Jen need a friend? 
Who cares? I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I don't know why Jen needs a friend, and the, and I think it is. Who cares? For me, I don't. I mean, if Jen needs a friend, Jen needs to be a better person. And it's obvious that she's not. So if Jen doesn't have any friends, blame Jen. I don't think it's like that difficult to understand. But also, you know, do we want to see a show of everybody against one person? I don't know. If a person is bad enough, they're going to have everybody against them. And I don't know how much of a responsibility the rest of the cast is to play friend. If you have a gross person in the cast... And that person is behaving in a way that's like monstrous or vindictive or vengeful to other cast members and they're combative and they are um, physically reactive or you think that they will be again. I don't know that you're going to want to like go this hard regardless of how long you've known them. And the fact that they, you know, reserved an ice castle for a lunch, you know, like I don't I just don't know. I do love the little with stolen money I do love the little shots of Stuart because it's just a reminder of what's to come and I I audibly gasped when he appeared on screen this season because I just was honestly shocked that they were going to use footage of them I don't know why I was just like oh my god we see the guy who knew it all who is maybe in real time turning on his former boss in the court and this is all very serious and very intense and we're just pretending he's her chief stew and this is all fucking weird but um That's where we are. I mean, more to come. You know, I I always think that you're on AG so much more than you have been because I there's nothing more I love than to send and receive a voice memo and a DM. But um, I'm really appreciative for your thoughts because I feel like it's really helpful to hear a perspective. And I think what's most valuable or one of many things that's very valuable in our relationship and our time talking on AG is like we do genuinely disagree about things. And I think that that's very helpful. I think that there's a point because the Bravo world is so toxic in many ways that there's like the idea of, I disagree with your perspective. So fuck you. I disagree with your perspective. So you're a bad person. I disagree with your perspective. So I want to punish you for it. And it's also like, cool. That's great. Best of luck being alone with, or with all people who only think and act like you, but that's not interesting to me. And I think it's helpful to have these conversations. I think it's helpful for you to be like, it's helpful to me as a person. And I don't care about the podcasting in that sense. Like it's helpful to me to hear you communicate and, um, elevate why you disagree with something or why you have let's even take the word disagree out of why you have a different perspective about something because it makes me rethink about rethink mine or try to figure out why I feel differently which is like a level of emotional intelligence and honesty and conversation that's incredibly important and I'm just very appreciative for it I have to say I mean me as well you know it's like we you're a person I have like, I don't want to say argue with, but like we have, we have had very serious arguments. But we have come, we have have been, we've had very serious, we have had been at odds at silly things and also very not silly things. But I think like that is because we both are, at least I can only speak for myself, but I am like attracted to and turned on by and seek out conversations and dialogues where it's like a spar or where it's debate. And I don't need Mm -hmm. us to, we can agree to disagree at the end, or we can maybe decide to change our minds based on new information, mm-hmm. as you say, but I don't need, I don't want to, I don't, I'm not into group things. So it's what to pivot mm-hmm. back to the crystal thing. It's like, if I was entering that group and I felt the way I did about, like, if I was seeing what was happening, I would want to align with crystal and Garcelle. And I would be like these. Sutton and Garcelle. 
who did I say? Oh, Chris, yeah. I would want to align with Sutton and Garcelle and say like, these other ladies have like, are in for a rude awakening when they realize like they're on the wrong side of history, you know? And so I think that that's to, to the point of like, I, I want to have honest conversations, even if it means we are like, hey, we're not going to rock on this one together. Yeah. And I think it's also important to be like one person's honesty is not another. A person's honest reaction might be like, okay, I'm going to force myself to empathize. It's zooming in versus zooming out. And I'm going to, I'm go, I am choosing because this is the way that I view the world to empath, to start with empathy first and grow from there. And then there are other perspectives of like, I'm going to start with the data and the reality here. I'm going to start with the CNN news break here and say, this is something that's happening. And I just can't even imagine anything else, but talking about this or talking about the ways that um, I view this through the lens of shooting a reality TV show with someone who may or may not have known about this insane decade plus series of crimes and regardless has introduced it as a prop into the show with the glam and the everything else. I mean, we I see how I'm circling back to fucking talking about Erica Jane. I just can't. It's like, stop me. Speaking of stopping me, God forbid you do. We have an exciting announcement that <clears throat> I said before the episode, let's start with it. <laughs> and I started thinking about Erica Jane. So if you're still listening, and I hope that you are, exciting announcement. Something that I said I was going to tell the Patreon AGs first, and I gave them a multi-hour head start. Damien and I are very excited to be doing the first ever Andy's Girls Live, a live show, live recording, first opportunity to have people in the room where it happens in October in just a couple weeks here in New York City at Club Coming. Maybe we'll have a special guest. Maybe we'll not. Let's <laughs> wait and see what happens. Watch what happens. My God. Um, so it's this Sunday, October. Not this Sunday. My God. In a couple Sundays, October 17th, the date chosen specifically in honor of BravoCon. Rest in peace for 2021. Um, at 7 o'clock here at Club Coming. Yes, is an Alan Coming here in New York. And tickets are available now. I'm going to have a link to buy them uh, in the show notes for this episode. And it's the first time we've ever done a live AG. Can you even believe? I cannot believe it. Announced, you know, the day that we're recording this Friday on social, where you always get the first head start. But can you believe this is even happening? This is huge. Uh, it is. I feel like it's been something we've been sort of talking about off, off recording forever. forever. So I can't believe it's finally here. I literally cannot believe it's happening and shout out um, to all of you and especially to the um, Patreon AGs whose support means that we can do exciting, fun, new things and see how it goes. It's the first time we have ever done this. I can't say that enough. And so if you live in the New York City area or you're in Antarctica or whatever, book your flight now. Start walking so you can get to New York in time. Um Tickets are priced to sell, and we would really, really appreciate your support. Um, also noting the regulations here in New York City for events and also just our need to and interest and hope to keep this super safe. Vaccination is required, so you are going to need to bring a proof of vax with you, uh, which is New York City law, and um, masks are also, in addition to the um, 
uh, required vaccine are also heavily encouraged. Um, and yeah, you can put a little plastic straw between that mask and have a little G and C or whatever <laughs> you're uh, interested in partaking uh, at the bar. So thank you to um, Club Coming for making this happen. And we are so, so excited. And the number one thing is please support this event by buying a ticket to the show. And we're so excited. I can't wait to um, meet you guys after the show and say hi, IRL. There's nothing like putting a face to a DM. Um, and Damien, thank you so much for taking this journey with me. I think it's going to be the best kind of shit show. I, I can't wait. I don't know what's going to happen. I want to do a Q&A. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, yeah. We'll probably, oh. I should we probably talk about that. People in the oh, audience. Okay. Um, so I am hoping that that happens. Um, I I think this is going to be uh, quite a night. So again, October 17, here in New York City at Club Coming. Uh, so guys, buy your tickets, which are available now. Limited avail. Uh, Damien Bellino said at the beginning of the pod, let's circle back your podcast with um a friend of i mean i guess us irl ann rodeman is back for its fourth season you might know her from can you tell us a little bit about that and um some of the actresses from this actress centric pod that we can look forward to hearing you guys talk to yeah so thank you for saying so we just came back yesterday on thursday and our first episode is with Tina Majorino. You might know her oh. from Big Love or Veronica oh Mars. She's also with a child actor in Waterworld and Karina Karina and Andre. And she's a Napoleon Dynamite. And she's just was a total dream. Um, and we have interviewed people from all over in every facet of entertainment. Kathleen Turner, Anne Heche, Tashina, mm. Margaret Cho, Eileen Davidson. Mm. And we have um, a lot of exciting guests on the docket um, this cup upcoming season. Um, if you're a fan of Anne of Green Gables, if you are a fan of, Anna uh, Gables. yeah, if you're a, f- a fan of Snowfall, we have a lot of exciting um, actors um, on the bill for this season. Was um, Tina Majorino in When a Man Loves a Woman? Yeah, she was. Absolutely. I think Meg Ryan slaps her across the face in it. Oh my God. That's a cla- That's a great movie. It's hard to find online. I think it actually just got added to Prime or something. It's but- streaming currently, I believe. Oh my God, I need to rewatch it with Meg Ryan and Andy Garcia, where she is, it's a, it's a difficult, toxic, complicated relationship. There's a, a addiction plays a big role. Tina Majorino, a phenomenal, I'm sure great actress now, phenomenal child actress. Absolutely. Phenomenal. Yes. Was excellent as a child and is still excellent, which was a really wonderful mm-hmm. discovery. Um, and speaking of Meg Ryan, can you believe we got like three seasons with Teddy Mellencamp, but she didn't Can't once offer so us Meg Ryan or her father, not even her father. Nope. And now it's too late. And I, not that I am uh, chomping at the bit uh, and chomping on carrots to see Teddy Joe's social media, but I can't because she blocked me after it turned out when we found out that she runs um, an eating disorder factory. Kudos to her. But um, she was in Las Vegas this weekend with the Fox Force, whomever, and also Erica. J- well, Erica was also in Vegas, but I don't know if they met up. But um, I wouldn't know that because, again, blocked from her social. But they were at a fucking Melon Camp concert. So, um, uh, Kyle went live next to Dorit and um, Teddy Joe Mellencamp, and they were like booping and bopping and cheering for her dad at a concert. And it lasted like two seconds. I was there the entire time, and then it <laughs> ended. I don't know if it was purposeful or not, 
But I'm so fucking like they're of course now they're supporting dad and I'm sure that they, you know, were throughout. But we never saw it on the show. Mr. I love the show. I watched the show. I watched the show with my movie star girlfriend. Now they broke up. Now he's dating somebody else. And I don't care. But I care so much. All that was your number one value. I mean, I have to assume that it was like the reason that she was hired and then she was such a dud. Um, Wait, they were all there. Was Erica with them at the concert? So Erica was there separately, a whole other conversation. But Erica was there separately for other reasons, which actually, can we do a little Patreon? um, uh, Oh, yeah, I want to hear about this. Okay, great. So Damien and I are going to do a Patreon episode, um, which will be up when you guys are listening to this um, uh, new app, because I want to talk to you about like the shit that I've been hearing about Erica Jane, because it's like really interesting. And also there's some fucking casting news about Atlanta that I need to get your thoughts on because I feel a lot of different things. So we're going to pivot to Patreon right now. We're going to do a Patreon app. Um, let me say Patreon five more times <laughs> and I don't know if something is going to jump out at me or whatever. Um, Patreon.com slash Andy's Girls and number one way to support the pod two dollars a month gets you my uh love and sass five dollars a month gets you two bonus episodes ten dollars a month gets you invites to special zoom events and four episodes and there's a premium tier the people's people's couch where you get the opportunity to record a patreon app with yours truly uh that would be me sarah g uh guys follow us on social at damian bellino and at dame galley if you are able to attend this event tell your friends and fam spread word about it um regardless of if you can we just put this sassy little graphic and shout out to um graphic designer and love of my life um maritza lopez for designing the graphic because i'm completely obsessed with it um guys hope you can join us on 1017 hope you can join us on patreon and damien thank you so much for joining me today thanks for having me Oh my god, my pleasure. Let's jump on over to Patreon and guys, hope you're staying safe, staying sassy, getting vaccinated if you can, and we will talk to you soon. Uh, bye bye.